gets brighter when we understand the science behind it. Welcome back to Getting Brighter, the podcast where we shed light on the science of health, wealth and society. We'll be breaking down the latest research and providing you with practical tools for positive change. I'm Dr Emily Hughes, a social psychologist. And I'm soon to be Dr Marsha Remska and my background's in health psychology. And today we'll be talking about the four day work week. Yes. Very exciting. I feel like this is everywhere yes, at the moment. It has been. We've literally been sending each other social media posts back and forth of like, look at this new trial that's come out. <laughs> exactly. So there's been so much coming out all the time. So mm-hmm. this is very fresh, yes. isn't it? So shall we jump right in? Yes. Let's go back to the beginning. Where did the idea of the four day work week come from? The idea itself refers to an arrangement in a workplace where workers work reduced hours. So usually that'll be 32 hours instead of the classic 40 hour work week without loss of pay or any compensation or benefits. There is also a global campaign around this that is essentially fighting or aiming to get this implemented. And they're called Four Day Week Global. They're a nonprofit and they describe themselves as the world's leading organisation with a goal to change the future of work through working smarter, not longer. And they've actually not been around for that long. So they were only founded in 2019 after the first ever trial. Um, it was a company in New Zealand that decided to give the four-day work week a go for six weeks. And they worked with the University of Auckland Business School to actually track kind of what happened to productivity, well-being, all of that. That trial was super successful. Um, they produced a, a white paper, essentially a brief mm-hmm. based off that trial. And since then, the nonprofit have gone global. They have run big trials in the UK, the US, Canada, Australia, Japan, Ireland, Iceland, in loads of places. And there are actually more scheduled to start in other places as well, including Portugal, Spain, Scotland, really. But they are kind of everywhere yeah, now. Yes, so it's taking hold it all is. over the world. <laughs> um, and they've had a massive impact. So they were also named one of Time Magazine's 100 yes. most influential companies I saw that, globally. Yeah. So their work is clearly having a massive impact. Mm-hmm. And we've spoken about the global campaign. Yes. There's also a UK-based campaign. So one of the kind of accounts that we've been sharing with one another on social media mm-hmm. um, is from the UK-based campaign. And they also been involved in some of this research that Mm -hmm. we will be talking about today. Yes. So what does a four-day work week look like in practice? So it can take a number of different forms. By far the most common one is companies working for four days, mostly four consecutive days, like Monday to Thursday, and then taking Friday off. Mm -hmm. But it could also take any number of other forms, like you can take Wednesday off or the companies that need kind of round-the-clock coverage. You can also have rotor systems where employees have different schedules according to their wishes or what the company kind of decides on. Okay. So in that case, does it mean that four days is in terms of the actual days worked or in terms of the total hours you've worked? The main emphasis is on the reduced hours. So it really is all about increased efficiency, which allows for shorter duration of time we spent working. And that then means that it can be any arrangement. So you could even do something like six hours and work all five days. Mm. But yeah, it really is about reducing hours, which then means that the four day work week is not what we call condensed hours. So some companies have also adopted things like working four days, but for like 10 hour days. Okay. And that, while obviously it does result in a day off a week, 
it's not what the central idea behind the four day work week is yeah, about. We're still working overall in the total week, the same number of hours. Exactly. It's the same exactly. thing. Yeah. So really central to the idea is that what they call 180-100 principle. Mm-hmm. And that is basically, it means that companies should aim to adopt giving people 100% of the pay for 80% of the time, but that achieves 100% productivity or efficiency. Okay. So that's really kind of central towards the four-day work week idea. Yeah, I think that makes it really nice and easy to understand that principle. I really like that. And is that something that is currently in use or is it just wishful thinking for the moment? (laughs) Well, at the moment of recording, um, it has not been legally mandated anywhere, but it has been trialled in a number of mostly private companies. And actually recently, Belgium became the first country to legislate something towards the idea of a four day work week. And what they did actually was they ensured the workers can now request four-day work week arrangements without loss of pay but they do that with condensed hours rather okay. than the kind of reduced actual hours so it's it's a step towards it but it's not the full four-day yeah, work week. in the right direction but exactly not, not quite yeah there, yeah and a few other governments including new zealand finland scotland have actually expressed interest in maybe thinking about this or looking into it so you know maybe in the future we will see this and hopefully we will see this being legislated mm. So what is the reasoning behind working four days rather than five? There must be kind of some rationale there. Yeah, yeah. So it is all about thinking about kind of the work patterns and the the default work pattern, if you will. And while most people alive today, we've only ever known the kind of five days of work, two days of the weekend pattern, but this hasn't always been the case. So if we go way back, people estimate, like historians estimate that people worked about four hours a day, but every day. So there was kind of, you know, no days off because the work mostly consisted of things like foraging for food, building, repairing shelters, all of those things. Um, So there wasn't really days off then. And we know this because there are still hunter-gatherer communities that live a similar lifestyle today Mm. and they still have a similar pattern where obviously people don't, they don't work a five-day work week and then have two days off. They still need to eat. But as we evolved into farming communities and started kind of spending more of our time farming and and raising animals, the work patterns adapted with that too. So the average kind of farmer worked about eight hours a day, again, for most days. So that also included very few days off. And then fast forward to the Industrial Revolution, which with the advancement in technology at the time, brought longer work days because people mostly worked in factories. So for example, in 19th century England, the average worker worked a shocking 16 hours a day for six days a week. That is That was wild. Absolutely crazy. So that is over double of the current average. Yeah. Which was having pretty clear negative implications for people's health, for people's longevity and productivity. So there started being Labour campaigns, not Labour the political party, Labour as in workers, mm. um, workers' rights in the early 1900s that actually successfully changed the pattern they essentially fought for for the two-day weekend. So people started working five days on, two days off. And that is the pattern we know today. Yeah, and that makes sense because as kind of our efficiency has increased, Mm -hmm. our working hours can decrease because Mm -hmm. of that, because we can achieve the same amount in less time. And I guess in the 1900s, kind of prominent economists, philosophers, even presidents, like Mm -hmm. President Richard Nixon, they were all expecting and promising at that time that working hours Mm -hmm. could continue to drop for that very reason is because we're just becoming more efficient as a society. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, exactly. But in the last couple of generations also, we've actually not seen that same trend because while productivity has indeed continued to increase, we keep moving the goalpost on mm. how much we want and expect workers to be achieving. And that makes the current work patterns unsustainable in the long run. So here, when we say current work patterns, we mean the average of kind of five days a week of work, eight or more hours a day. So we know that there's good evidence showing that these patterns are really not optimal for productivity and health in the long run. And actually, there's some fascinating data showing that today's workers are already losing about two to three hours every day to kind of excessive or, or inefficient, unproductive tasks. Yeah. So that can be things like personal admin, you know, excessive meetings or meetings that could have been shorter, it's just kind of inefficient work patterns, two to three hours a day. Yeah, that's mad, that's isn't so it? so much. And I think we can all recognise that happening in mm -hmm. our own work. You know, maybe you get carried away browsing on a page yeah. and then you lost loads of time to that. Or as you say, personal admin, mm -hmm. you know, these things do eat up our time when yeah. we're trying to perhaps work on mm -hmm. bigger tasks that need like a bigger block of time to actually yes. work on. And yeah, it, it ends up almost being like, you've worked a full working day Monday to Thursday and then you turn up on Friday and the equivalent of those hours, you know, you, you're just essentially doing nothing during exactly. that time. Exactly. So yeah, it's definitely a big problem in that sense. Mm -hmm. So following that idea then, the four-day work week is about focusing on increased efficiency, which then allows for that extra time off. Essentially, it's saying let's work smarter, not harder, mm. which I think is is really valuable here. So the nonprofit themselves have called the four day work week movement a work intensification exercise, which I think describes it really nicely, because it's ultimately not taking away from what we achieve. If anything, it's allowing us to achieve more, as yeah. we'll get to in a minute. But what is also crucial to this idea is the fact that the changes and this these intensification changes are implemented by workers themselves. Mm. So the workers get to kind of decide what they can cut, where they can be more efficient. And we know from theory, um, for example, the self-determination theory is a really prominent theory about motivation. And that basically says that workers need to remain autonomous. They need to have a say in when they do their work, how much of it they do, and essentially just like be able to decide how they get the work done. Mm. And that really is key to people staying motivated over the long term, but also happy and healthy. Yeah. So let's talk about some science. Yes. What are the effects of working less or working differently? So as you just said then, you know, working smarter. So we've got some really good recent evidence from two large trials. One was run in the UK, so here, and another one in North America. And they've come out quite recently. The UK trial was actually the largest trial to date. It was running for 12 months and it had 61 companies that altogether had 3,000 employees, whereas the North American trial was running for six months and it included 41 companies with about 1,000 employees. So really quite, you know, big numbers, yeah. good sample size, which yeah, we, we, like, we like to see. <laughs> Generally speaking, the research evidence coming from all of these trials agrees that reduced working hours are a win-win. But to look into it a bit more specifically, some of the effects on physical health that these trials found were people reporting better physical health, which can signal saving on healthcare. So, for mm -hmm. example, in that UK trial, 40% of people said that their physical health got better, which is crazy. Yeah, that's amazing. In the US trial, about half the people reported less fatigue. So just kind of that general life pain. Yeah. <laughs> the pain of existence. <laughs> 
low energy. <laughs> um, people said they slept better and generally improved physical health as well. Mm. When it comes to the mental health outcomes, the US trial also found significant improvements over people's kind of self-reported mental health. And interestingly, people's mental health kept increasing in the six months after the trial had already ended. So they followed up with all of the companies that were part of the trial mm. and people's mental health just kept improving, which yeah, is amazing. Is really, really nice. Yeah, I think it's really nice that they've done that as well to mm-hmm. add in those data points kind of after yes. the trials actually, you know, taken place just to see how that affects things in the long run, because yes. that's really important. We love a good follow up. Reduced burnout was also another really important finding with about 70% of people saying they feel less burnt out which again is great. Yeah. Employees felt less anxious, less stressed, had better well-being, and the vast majority of them were more satisfied with how they spend their time or with how satisfied they are with their lives. And life satisfaction actually increased by a full 10%. Yeah, that's great. Imagine being able to just make your employees 10% happier right now. Yeah, just by having one less day at work. Mm -hmm. The UK trial showed some really similar findings here, reduced burnout, less stress, all of that, and also better work-life balance, um, satisfaction with people's relationships outside of work, and interestingly, satisfaction with household finances. So you can see that spillover effect where, for example, if you don't need to work one day a week, you save on things like childcare costs. Yeah, which is so expensive. Your life better beyond the workplace as well. Yeah. That's amazing. And so across the board, all of that sounds great. Like there's not a statistic in there that doesn't show this to be kind of a great idea. Exactly. So it's clearly better for people, for Mm -hmm. workers, but ultimately businesses in terms of the people that are, you know, going to be the ones implementing that change. Mm -hmm. Business owners care about their bottom line. Mm -hmm. Um, So is there also a business case that we see for this? Yes. So it's definitely an important consideration if we are going to think about implementing this, you know, large scale. And In terms of productivity and profits, we see that profits are at least maintained in these trials, if not even increased. So the US trial saw revenue go up by about 15%. And in the UK trial, the average increase was 35% compared to a similar time the year before. And that is increased profits when people were actually working for less time. Again, really striking findings. Then looking at productivity, that is what people self-report as how productive you are when you work, increased by a whopping 57%. And people said that they felt more in control of their schedules, again, which is great. But it's not just about increasing kind of the profits and the money that comes into the companies. It's also important to consider how the company's expenses change. Yeah. So staff retention is a really big one here. The UK trial found about a 57% reduction in the number of people quitting the company over the course of that trial, again, compared to a similar period the year Mm. before, which meant that companies had to hire and train fewer staff. And we know that at the moment, that is quite a a big consideration and hiring and training up new people are notoriously kind of expensive and laborious processes for companies. All of these considerations are really important in today's era of you know, quiet quitting, which essentially means working to contract or fulfilling your responsibilities where the norm is to work more or provide more. And also we see a lot of presenteeism these days, which that refers to being present and like showing up to work, but not actually getting work done. Yeah. So we see that, yeah, people, workers are prioritizing their mental health more, which is great, but it does mean that with current working patterns, we just see that those aren't necessarily compatible, good mental health or good work-life balance and today's working patterns. Mm -hmm. So finally, another thing that has changed for companies is that for those companies that decided to go for the 
four days on, one day off kind of arrangement of a four day work week that can also mean lower utility maintenance bills so you can also save there yeah. as well on your overheads you know, exactly having to keep the office running during mm-hmm. that time that people are there so yeah that's gonna make things a lot cheaper for companies exactly so on the whole that picture of the business case for it also seems to be quite strong yeah amazing and so thinking even bigger kind of mm-hmm. zooming out taking a kind of broader picture of this mm-hmm. what could this mean for society at large yeah so beyond companies there are some really encouraging effects on things that you might not expect. So, for example, gender equality benefits from a four-day work week because in those trials, everyone had more time for childcare and housework. But researchers saw that working four days increased the time that men spend looking after children by more than women's increase. Mm. So it essentially helps level the playing field when it comes to division of, you know, looking after children or housework. Yeah. Another great spillover effect in these trials was the possible kind of mindset change towards what we value in employees. So if you think about the kind of traditional mindset around hiring, people that might usually be disadvantaged are, you know, people like young parents, working mothers, for example, because with a traditional view, a young parent can be seen as a liability to the company where some people might think, oh, they're not going to be around as much. They might have different priorities. But actually, if you look at their situation through the lens of efficiency, no one can prioritize and get stuff done as well and as quickly as a working mother of three, right? Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. That's a really encouraging finding. And it might actually help shift some of those attitudes along, again, helping to promote equality and equity in the long run. Mm. Again, really encouraging. Another really interesting Um, spillover effect for kind of society at large is that four-day work week patterns also seem to be great for the environment. A pretty straightforward benefit is that if people need to commute to work for a day less, that saves, you know, about 20% of emissions associated with commuting. But people also reported looking after the environment more, doing more kind of what we'd call environmentally friendly behaviours with the newly freed up time. They also reported volunteering more, looking after others. So some really nice benefits beyond the individual which is great to see yeah so when looking at all of these stats and findings it's really not surprising that the vast majority of companies that have trialed the four-day work week are actually sticking with it um so just the fun fun tidbit um kickstarter the tech company yeah were actually in one of the early trials they were in a trial i believe in 2021 and have just stuck with it and have since had a four-day work week with their profits continuing to increase. And obviously they continue to be very successful. But yeah, that was a trend that all of the trials saw with about a third of the companies in the UK trial making the change permanent and nearly all of them continuing with the four-day work week post-trial. And in the US, not a single company stopped that pattern of work once the trial actually ended. Yeah, And we see workers priorities starting to shift as well with increasingly people looking for maybe companies that offer a four-day work week or at least factoring that into the equation of what is the culture around work how much will I be expected to work how much autonomy will I have over how much I work so we are starting to see campaigns like the four-day work week change the conversation around work yeah I think that's really encouraging because it's obvious that businesses are really 
you know, on board with it, or at mm -hmm. least some of them that have been involved in trials are, and obviously workers want to seek it out. So yeah. if both those things marry together, then it could be great. Exactly. So moving on to the next section of the podcast, which is debatable. And this is where we address some of the open questions and points of contention in the research. So, so far, this seems like a pretty clear win-win situation. Mm -hmm. It's good for business, it's good for people, mm -hmm. and it's good for society, which I guess begs the question why we aren't all doing this yet. So the first point is, can the four-day work week actually work? Is it practical for all industries? What do you think? So one of the key criticisms of the movement has actually been the fact that so far it has only mostly been researched in kind of skilled, high-skilled professions mm -hmm. or those already in more privileged positions or with yeah. more flexibility over their work. And we know that, for example, it would be hard to make the four-day work week work in something like highly seasonal work or kind of periodic work. So things like, you know, fruit picking, work on oil rigs, building sites that depend on weather or stuff like that. Mm. Um, and in fact, in the trials, the handful of companies that have had to withdraw because they just it just was not working for them. It was mostly the types of companies where they needed kind of round the clock coverage for a set period of time, which meant that if they wanted to do the trial, they had to hire more staff, that, mm. which they could not always afford to do. Yeah. So yeah, there is a clear case where it might not work for everyone, especially at the moment where the system is right now, mm. because we've actually also got a lot of jobs that are skilled, but rely on almost like a societal schedule. Yeah. So teachers are a really good example where the whole system is essentially built on the principle of children go to school five days a week so that parents can work five days a week. Mm. And if we wanted to get teachers a four day work week, the whole system would need an overhaul. So that has been one of the key criticisms of this research so far yeah and I guess that is what a lot of the data as well that we are kind of basing this off at the mm -hmm. moment is also coming from people working these jobs like yeah. knowledge workers for example but interestingly what you do see in some of the large UK and US trials some of them are starting to feature kind of a, a larger range mm -hmm. of businesses mm -hmm. um, so in some of the campaigns you will see businesses such as fish and chip shops construction companies non-profits educational and healthcare services um, and even kind of companies working in manufacturing. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, South Cambridgeshire Council is currently testing condensed hours. So not the four day work week yeah. that is typical, but kind of this reduced hour load mm -hmm. with refuse loaders. And so I think that's a good example just to kind of show that where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. It, you know, there is. And also there's a lot of merit in trying and testing with these companies to see how we can make it work exactly. for them. Because yeah. that's really important. If it's not working, how can we try and work around that? Exactly. How can we change? the system yeah that the campaigns luckily are you know trying to focus on another thing that i was going to pick your brain on seeing as you're the social psychologist in the room yes obviously people in a four-day work week will spend less time in the office with their co-workers so does that mean the workers will be losing out on some of that social interaction and could that have any implications for maybe workplace belonging or how how connected people feel to their workplace yeah I think this is a really important point and perhaps one that isn't really being considered enough at the moment okay. so to my knowledge we don't have any data directly looking Mm -hmm. at that so whether a four-day work week does have any impact on mm -hmm. for example how you know your sense of belonging within the workplace and how you feel about work 
and how much you identify with others at work. So, you know, do you feel like you fit in and you're happy being there? And also whether that sense of belonging influences other outcomes that we've spoken about. So things like health and well-being. Mm -hmm. We know from research generally that low workplace identity and belonging is associated with poorer performance and well-being. So just from other research studies Mm -hmm. outside of this area and also in business. So a recent report from Deloitte, who are a big company, emphasises the business case Mm -hmm. for this sense of belonging. Um, So researchers found that this can lead to a 50% increase in job performance and a 50% reduction in turnover risk. So when employees have a greater sense of belonging, it's kind of a protective factor against some of these things. And we also know that reduced time in the office can impact our workplace identity, Mm -hmm. which is obviously something that would come with a four day work week. We're not going to be there for so long. And again, we don't have any direct research around this, but we can extrapolate some of the things that we know from situations like COVID, for Mm -hmm. example. So obviously this is an extreme example because people weren't in the office at all during COVID. So, you know, that's not direct directly comparable to just being in for one day yeah, a week yeah. left. Nothing was normal in no, COVID. No, <laughs> exactly. But it, I think it was a really interesting kind of research environment mm-hmm. to understand what happens when you're not in the workplace yeah. at all. How does that affect how you feel about your mm-hmm. company? Mm-hmm. And what you saw was that during the pandemic, if you were able to retain that sense of belonging and identity at work, perhaps, you know, your company was just really good at mm-hmm. having these initiatives and, and your leaders helped you feel that way. Yeah. Then again, this was really protective against things like job satisfaction and loneliness. So you were just happier at work and you felt less lonely and isolated mm-hmm. during the pandemic. However, if you lost this sense of social connection from your workplace group, then these factors were negatively impacted. And we also, outside of the kind of context of COVID, see similar consequences for identity from other initiatives that Mm -hmm. also do reduce your time in the office. So kind of social psychological research on things like space design has seen that even when you move from having your own individual office to moving into a hot desking space where you're perhaps coming in less frequently because Mm -hmm. you don't have a dedicated space to use, then this also negatively impacts your sense of belonging. You don't feel so much a part of the workplace. Mm -hmm. So I think even though some of these findings are perhaps more extreme um, relating to COVID, you do see it still in other situations. So I do think it is a genuine concern in that sense. Absolutely. And that will also be really relevant for people that continue to work fully remotely because Mm -hmm. that now is a pattern that is quite common. So yeah, something to consider for sure. Yeah. And so I think it's a completely reasonable concern that if a four day work week does reduce these feelings of belonging and a sense of connection with your team, obviously we don't know this yet, then perhaps some of the really positive findings that we've already discussed earlier in the podcast, such as, you know, improved productivity and well-being, then, you know, these factors could diminish over mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So I think that one goal for the future is that studies need to one place a greater emphasis on this so like collect data on it yeah so that we can figure out if it is a problem because then maybe we won't be so concerned like Mm -hmm. if I could see data right now to say that that relationship wasn't there then that would be you know a lot more settling so I think that's a real goal and also collecting long-term data on this to see how it kind of pans out over time I think will be really important yeah exactly and if we collect data and we find that actually not being in the office as much does negatively impact Mm. belonging and associated kind of outcomes, then I guess that's a hint to companies that they might just need to place more emphasis on some of the initiatives of, you know, building communities, kind of fostering work relationships, good morale, stuff like that. And again, that is super relevant for people who continue to maybe work remotely now and people that might 
switch to, to a four day work week yeah, in the future. Exactly. And that is possible because in that last study that I referenced there in COVID times, mm-hmm. companies that were able still through what they were doing and how they were leading companies that could still maintain that sense of connection, there was no impact for these people due to being at home in the pandemic. So it is possible um, companies will just need to find ways of doing that. And if they can, then I think it all will be well. Finally, I guess one last point of concern or contention Mm -hmm. comes with this rise in AI that we're seeing at the moment. So we um, have things now like chat GPT um, and these tools can be really helpful in terms of productivity Mm -hmm. and perhaps enhancing our efficiency. So do you think that this helps or hinders their campaign's mission? Oh, that is an interesting one. And I think the first thought that comes to mind is we don't have the data, Mm. but just as a, a hunch, clearly AI large language models, ChatGPT, all of those things are a big change in the conversation around productivity and working. But we just need to study them more thoroughly before we can say anything for sure. I do suspect, though, that because they can help productivity, they can help essentially speed up that effort. Because with the emphasis being on productivity anyway, Mm -hmm. and efficiency of work, then that might just help if businesses embrace AI tools when they're properly regulated and appropriate, of course then that might help them get that quicker, get that efficiency, which in turn would allow even more of a reduction in working hours, for example. Yeah, which if anything builds the case for having Mm -hmm. a four day work week, right? Because if you can do more in less time because you have the power of AI to help you with that, then it builds an even stronger rationale for Mm -hmm. saying, I don't need an extra day to achieve what, you know, what I need to do. Exactly. Because I can do it quicker. And so, you know, I think it builds a good case for it as opposed to saying, you know, it's a problem. Yeah. I think it it actually will help make the four day work week more appealing, perhaps. Yeah. More feasible, more doable. Exactly. And speaking of doable, that is our next section. So this is where we will be giving actionable steps based on the science that we have discussed. Yes. So in terms of the four day work week, it's not necessarily as straightforward to give some really actionable steps, but there are still very much things we can do as individuals if we're interested in the four day work week. Mm. And who wouldn't want to work less and be paid the same, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the first thing that you can do, um, regardless of kind of what job you're in, is tell others about it, share some of the findings. I think the more people know about it, talk about it, the more it's part of that mainstream conversation and the more people who make the decisions on workload and and what work days look like will be considering it. Mm. So that's the first thing. Yeah. And if this is something that you do feel strongly about, then I think we've built a case for you perhaps to, you know, get in contact with Mm -hmm. perhaps your MP. So either maybe an email or writing to kind of try and advance legislation leading in the direction of a four day work week. So perhaps even just having the right to request a four day work Mm -hmm. week in your company via having kind of flexible hour arrangements. So this is something that was done in Belgium. And eventually the goal, I suppose, being that we might be able to legislate for a 32 hour work week instead of the current 40 hours so if that is something that you feel really passionately about then there are steps you can go to you know to try and change that in legislation and tell these people about what you've learned to help build that case for why because I think we've seen across this episode how many positive implications there are of doing so so let it be known yes send this episode to your MP yes Then the next thing for those who do run their businesses or are in charge and feel that their leadership might be receptive to it is you can actually try and implement the four day work week, even if for a short period of time, you know, you can sign up for one of the trials. These nonprofits are constantly recruiting for new trials. So mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some space for doing things there. And then 
speaking of the data, we always need more research trials. Yeah. In particular, at the moment, there's very few research points from the public sector mm. because governments have not embraced it yet fully. So, you know, that can be a way of starting the conversation, facilitating some positive change. Yeah, exactly. There is so much new research coming out, as mm -hmm. I think we've kind of shown a lot of this is really fresh, really hot research. So we'll probably be due an update. I mean, we could definitely speak sure. about this again. <laughs> I'm sure in a couple of months, there'll be a whole new load of research to talk about. So if we end up doing a season two, let us know if you'd be interested in this, tag us in anything interesting that you see coming up share it with the community and also, you know, send your takes our way so that we can know what you're thinking about this topic. Yes, please do. And then finally, um, if you feel that change at your current workplace isn't really an option, or if you're someone who is currently on the job market, there are actually now websites and directories that specialize in listing jobs from employers that kind of have embraced the four-day workweek mm. already. So a couple of examples include fourdayworkweek.co.uk slash employers um, and we'll also list them in the show notes but just kind of as a point of that is now also starting to be a thing which mm -hmm. I think again shows the impact of this conversation yeah so that wraps it up for today's episode thank yes. you so much for tuning in everyone if you are getting brighter from this podcast then make sure to subscribe on Spotify Apple Music or wherever you get your podcasts once you're there we'd really appreciate you leaving us a review of anywhere up to five stars if you have any feedback questions or suggestions for future episodes or you're just nosy and want to put faces to the names you can find us on all of our socials at get brighter pod and if you're a bit more old school we also check our emails at getbrighterpod at gmail.com and we'd love to hear everyone's hot takes on this because it is a really hot topic yeah we'd like to thank the southwest doctoral training partnership for supporting this podcast and to finish off with our disclaimer the Getting Brighter podcast is separate from our research and teaching roles at our respective universities. However, it is part of our shared passion for communicating science in an accessible and enjoyable way. Any advice given does not consider your unique individual circumstances, and we encourage you to seek professional guidance before making any significant lifestyle changes. Bye, everyone. Bye. See you next time.